Welcome to our studio, and this is a studio living project. I'm Sam. I'm Lam. I'm Scarlett, and we are your classmates for this semester. Welcome back to another episode of the Studio Living Project. My name is Sam. I'm Scarlett. I'm here. And yeah, welcome back to another episode. I hope you're having a good day or a good night if you listen to listening to this at night. Today, let's just jump straight right into it. Today, we are talking about finding a job and overcoming adversity when finding jobs. For us, uh, being an architect. Basically, it's our life, but to other people, it might seem like just a job. So, which is uh, what we're about to discuss today. Just to give a background, we are um, architecture graduates. Graduated two, three years ago. Almost three. Yeah. Yeah. Almost three yeah, years. Yeah. Almost three. Man, it's it's been so long. Okay. Anyway. I know. We just we're just getting older by the minute. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just recall and go back to when we graduated. How did we even get a job after graduation? Well, I went for my internship. Then straight away, offered a job at a developer company. Actually, so the developer company is pretty new. So they were looking for younger people to join their company. So I got into the developer company, but I realized that I didn't actually. Enjoy working there, and there wasn't much opportunities to grow because they were still new. There weren't many projects yet, but it was interesting to see it from a developer's perspective. But after a few months there, then I left and I joined my current company, which is an architecture firm. And I've been there two years. Actually, today is Ngang Ngang two years for me. Wow. So yeah. Congratulations! Yeah, two years. Congrats! Second anniversary. Second anniversary. Longer than my relationship. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about Lam's journey from graduation until now. What have you done? What's your journey? Hopefully, longer than your relationships. Yeah, I mean no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, during our degrees, like we have to go through an internship, right? I was um doing my internship in one of like the big top firms in Malaysia, and it was very like interesting to work with corporate companies. Uh, but so I I was looking forward to like working with them full time after the internship. Unfortunately. They were actually in the process of retrenching their staffs along uh, during that time.、Uh, I think it was some kind of economic downfall during that time, and I had no choice but to look for other jobs, like after my internship. Because for us, immediately after our internship, we we sort of graduated already. Like it's considered as we graduated from uni. So I had no choice to look for other companies, and I was desperate already because the time was like coming shorter and shorter. So I seek my ex lecturer's help, and I ask him if he knows any architectural firms that are that that have any vacancies for fresh graduate. And he recommended with me like this one company, and he said like, oh, like the directors are very nice, very good. Uh, you, maybe you can try it out and see if you like to, you know, work with them. So I went through the interviews and all that. 
So I got the job. So that's how I got my first job after graduation, full time. And it lasted like 10 months, which is longer than two of my relationships. But yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you do after that? Uh, I, so after that, I jumped into like other companies, right? And usually those are the jobs that I got through my connections. Actually, through my friend's mom, and she recommended me to like try a new job, a new post, and it's like, and they are paying like much more higher than architecture firms. So I was like, you know, I like like let's give it a try and see how it goes. So most of my jobs that I got, even up to today, is through my connections instead of like going through like um job, job street or any like job seeking websites. So connections, guys, very important. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we, when we graduated, like Lam said, we had something like a retrenchment phase. I remember the economy wasn't that good. Uh, maybe like three years ago, for our sector, construction sector. At that time, I couldn't get hired as well, so I went back to my internship company to continue. But the thing is. My internship company, we had like some. There wasn't any black and white to the employment, and after that, then only they gave me a, a letter of appointment, right? But then I know that it was really underpaid, even less than the the minimum of architecture graduates being paid. Mm-hmm. So how much were you paid, though? How much was I paid? Try disclose it here. Yeah, how mm. much did they offer? Uh, they offered actually. You just tell me, I I can beep it. <laughs> Actually offered um thousand eight. Oh, yeah, my so God. it was actually kind of underpaid lah, and that's exploitation. No, actually, I don't think we should cut it out. I think you should include that in, just mm-hmm. so like, we know that this is wrong. You know, this yeah, this is illegal. Like it's yeah. not it's not minimum wage in Malaysia standard. But it's sort of like underpaid in terms of our industry standard. Yeah. Especially yeah. when, especially like when our industry there's a minimum wage for each post. Right. My my boss my boss is working with uh the lembaga, so like he he's been saying that there they need to be there needs to be a crackdown on like this kind of wage exploitation. Yeah. So, like, yeah, definitely. But that's too low. That's too low. That's too low. I know my worth. I I know thousand eight yeah. is really going to cut it. Their explanation mm. to me was that because I just graduate, they need they needed to train me. But then oh. I know that isn't a valid kind of excuse. They just just they're just trying to justify their low pay. Okay. Yeah. When yeah. <laughs> I was interning there. I learned a lot of stuff. But it's more on kind of passive learning. I have to take initiative to actually learn all the stuff that was going on, submissions, uh, AutoCAD skills, three uh, D rendering. I think throughout until the end of the internship, then only they started to like being more active to teach me. But alas, it was too late. So after that, I declined the letter appointment. I said this is not for me. I'm sorry. And then I went to find another job, and that's when I got my mentor. He introduced me to a beam company, and yeah, I've been with the beam company since, and it's been two years. 
coming coming to two years soon. It's uh it's been a wild ride. Yeah, it has been I guess for all of us like changing jobs. You know, yeah. um, when we first graduate, like just just know that your first job yeah. isn't gonna last. Just know that, and <laughs> definitely there's so much more to explore. Yeah, I I know yeah. that a lot of our classmates didn't really continue with architecture as well. Uh, just because there there's a shortage of architecture jobs, um, a lot of firms weren't hiring, so mm. some of them went to interior design. Uh, I know someone who went into rendering, someone who go into like facade, consultancy. So there are options other than architecture. Uh, like what for Scarlett also she went into developer firm, so which is also alternative. Let's just talk about why was it hard to find architecture jobs that time or or now. If you, I know now we are in like COVID period. So yeah, now it's it's like five times harder to get like yeah a job. yeah Everything. yeah exactly. I think back then, like what we said, like there's a lot of retrenchment going on in like architecture firms in general. Um, not sure about small companies, but I know like big companies, like the top four or five companies in Malaysia, they were retrenching a lot of their staffs. And this was because uh, I think the construction industry then was, uh, there was a lot of political and economic issues going on as well that affected the construction industry. I think for context, for context, like this is in 2019. It wasn't, it wasn't COVID time, it was before COVID. So yep. it's interesting how like the recession already started back then. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I said it was also like politically affected. Like, um, I remember it was around election or like, it, actually, it was after election Around? because we Malaysia oh, had right. like a change of government after like sixty over years, and then the new government wasn't mm-hmm. was trying to recover from a worldwide scandal, <laughs> so so they had to so they had to like, cut <laughs> you know you know how they cut costs <laughs> is they just cut off yeah. the development construction development industry, a lot of the high end projects were like being like slash off How, like especially MRI. especially like uh public sector Gov- projects yeah, yeah government contracts yeah. were slashed okay. so yeah mrt lrt it was all like cancelled so i think a lot of the construction was affected as well so it's the reason how the recession started right so back then Okay, there are some problems with the architecture, the, the, the nature of architecture jobs. Because um, architecture firms, they don't hire as much as corporate companies. Mm. Right, they don't do like mass hiring. Even the, the largest architecture firm in Malaysia has maybe like 500 people, which compared to a corporate firm is probably just a fraction of it. I think it's also I think it's also like there's an oversupply of architecture graduates in general. Because like as we all know, architects don't die. So they tend to work until like I don't know, when they are in their eighties. So it's just there's so many people before you that mm. they've already taken up the jobs. And as more and more students graduate, there's just lesser and lesser jobs. I would say, I would say, right, and like adding on to that, right, 
I would say it's also like the competitiveness. Like, if you can see like architecture graduates from way back then and compare it to like now, everyone is just getting better and better every year. Yeah. So yeah, when exactly. when there's a batch of like new graduates graduating, there there's always a very high stake of competition going on. Like, oh, let's see your portfolio,、uh, and you're from this school, and what school are you from? And how you perform, like what's what does your portfolio looks like? What kind of projects you're involved? Those those are the, like the things that makes it very hard for I would say like the average students to get a job. You、mm. know, like and and we cannot deny that top firms definitely will go for like those top students in like whatever schools they are from, especially like well known schools. If you know、yeah. what I mean, yeah. Both your points are very valid <laughs> because we've experienced it like firsthand as well. So, <laughs>、um, <laughs> I would also say during that time the market was not in demand for new hires, especially for us fresh grads. Another thing、mm. that that takes into consideration is that the cost to train、uh, fresh grads is. More for some companies, they might think like, "Oh, I need to spend some manpower and time to train you, just to get you up to speed to how we work, and then only then you can produce the work we want." So, like we're absorbing your, we're hiring you, but we're not getting any benefit from it yet. So sometimes they would just rather get experienced architects. I think that's the flaw in. Our industry, because like most companies, they would prefer to have part two graduate, right? Because part two they know more, they can handle projects. The bosses don't need to like worry as much. But the problem is that part twos can't do everything by themselves. Yeah. So they need the part ones to help、uh, supplement. But bosses are unwilling to hire part ones as much because, to be honest, like we don't know anything, like. <laughs> really straight out of the gate, when I went into like the first in my first job, I had zero zero experience. Even my cat drafting skills were terrible. Right. Like I don't mind admitting this. At first, it was so terrible. To be fair, you only learned it for like two years, so I only learned it for like that、yeah. one that one class. Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but my point is saying that. Part ones are not; they don't have that knowledge, and bosses are, are not that willing to hire. But bosses still need part ones, so that's why there's so much competitiveness between graduates right now. Not just for part ones, but even part twos as well. That's true. It's a bad cycle, lah. Like you want someone who's experienced, but you don't. You're not willing to give people the experience they need. Yeah. It's a bad cycle all around. It's a chicken and egg thing. Yeah, exactly. I think it affects part two as well because if you couldn't get a job, uh, when you're in part one, right, and then you straight away go into part two, when when you come out, you might not have as much experience as someone who worked and then went to part two. Then they will have more experience coming、mm. out of the gate. So I think it will dilute the quality of part two as well. To all future bosses, please hire more part ones. I think it's、uh, <laughs> kind of like a service, like giving back to the community. I mean, anyhow, 
our industry, like I, I'm not sure about others in in terms of engineering, accounting, finance, but in our industry, it's very crucial for us to learn. Like even I hear some architects themselves, they are still learning new technologies and innovations. Like they, there's always new things coming up. Like architects are like doctors for buildings, so we always have to keep up to date with things. And to be stingy, I would say, in terms of like not hiring uh, part one graduates or even part two graduates just because their lack of experience, I think that is something that should be thought through first because you need to teach them. <laughs> like, yes, exactly. Okay, coming out from architecture school is it's totally different from working. So I don't know. I don't know how to like express it, but it is very crucial to educate your juniors. Even for us, like part ones, uh, a few I know like some of our uh, friends, even some of my colleagues doing part one and they are still doing part one at like 30 something years old and they are still willing to teach uh, junior part one. So, you know, always try to give back to people who are like younger than you, like train them and stuff like that. It, it's good karma will come to you, I guess. <laughs> but I would really like to listen to like an employer's perspective. Yeah. One year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess that's true. Another thing I would like to raise is um, I see the promise of new graduates, right? Because for us, what I can say is that maybe we bring something new to the table, like with new technologies. Um, I remember when I was in my internship company. Um, they were still using AutoCAD, which was, to me, a kind of obsolete um, workflow to have. So I know a lot of firms are out there are still using AutoCAD. I mean, it's fine, but when you try to embrace new technologies, then I think that would give your company an advantage. And hiring fresh grads who bring that advantage to you really does help your company. I think it's important to point out that companies have their own set of demands. You know, like companies, they want certain things, but it's also up to us as like employees to show our true worth. Because if we are not showing what we are worth, why would companies hire you in the first place? Right. You know, it, I think it's important to note on top of that, the basis the underlying understanding being that you as an architect you as a graduate you are showing your worth and not just like oh they don't want to hire me and just be like whatever and blame the company itself right so mm -hmm. in segue to what scarlett said what can what can we advise new graduates to get a job okay i think having a good portfolio definitely will help like it's one of the key factors as an architecture graduate to see what kind of projects have you involved in and to see your construction knowledge and your technical skills. Uh, because as a part one, actually your employers don't really care what you design because they're not going to use your design anyways. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry to say, but like it's true. It happened many, 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 many times to not just me, but I'm sure it happened to Sam and Scarlett as well. Like you design something, they'll be like, oh, can you design like 
toilet details for me and just you know play a bit with the layout and then when you've done like five options they just pretend they do not see and like come up with their own thing so don't worry about your design they will just they just want to see how you communicate through your portfolio so that's that okay i think that's one of the key factor yeah adding on to what lam said i think okay personal experience wise i think my designs did help me get my job like my, my current job but i think it's also like how you communicate that idea i think that's most important even if you have like not so good design maybe a simple design if you're able to communicate that and tell them like okay why this design blah 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 bring them through the thought process if you understand uh, architectural theories and such combined with like knowledge technical knowledge and then i think that's a pretty good architecture student all around yeah mm, i yeah. agree yep, right yep. and um also on the portfolio i think another important document that we need to send to our employers is the cv or the resume normally what they would want is they want your resume first they probably won't ask for your portfolio first so the resume is kind of like your first impression going into a company mm. so from there they will see um what are your previous experience what is your academics where do you study and what skills do you have what achievements do you have so that document it is really important to get it right yep. in terms of since you're architecture graduate you should have like the visual communication language for example what needs to be emphasized for example your past experience so put that bigger and make it more visible if there is irrelevant experiences like you do part time or you wait at this restaurant I think you need to remove those. Just put whatever relevant experiences there are inside. Um, other than that, it's also important to communicate and put your references in. You know that they will support you. Don't put a reference in that says like, "Oh, this guy, oh, no good." When the HR calls them, you know. So yeah, that's some of yep. the things that you need to take note of. I mean, there's a lot of tips on how to write a CV and a resume and all the stuff. Yeah, you can just search all those. Like, do your own research and tailor your CV to the company that you're applying for. Yeah, yeah. I I would say, exact. Uh, cause not everything is the same. So just mm. tailor it. Yeah. If you still want to use one, it's fine. It's just. Make sure that all the relevant information. I yeah. For me personally, I have two CV. One is for architecture firms. Another one is for beam consultancies. Because currently, I work in a beam consultancy. I have things that I want to show my future employers. So I do have two separate kind of CVs to distribute. Hmm. So yeah, what Scarlett said, tailor your resumes to the company you're applying for. Also, like on top of that, right? It's important. Okay, like we were, we were, we're still talking about fresh grads. So, let's give a context in terms of people who are already like working and they want to change jobs. Like, I would say they're still fresh, but like with two, three years experience. And your future employer next time, I don't think they will want to see your academic portfolio 
anymore. I mean, I guess they still do, like maybe one or two, but emphasize on your past uh, work portfolio instead. Like, what have you done in your previous companies? What are the design involvements that you you were involved with, the process? I think that's very important. Like, give uh, a purpose for your portfolio and your resume, definitely. Yeah, to, to cater to what the company wants, like what yeah. Scarlett and Sam said. So, I think that another thing, another tip we can give is you need to be proactive in uh, looking out for jobs. You can go on uh, Job Street, go on LinkedIn, um, just ask around your lecturers. That they, they would help. But of course, you when you ask for someone's reference, try not to let them down. <laughs> uh, yeah. We, I think all three of us were very fortunate that we had a very caring mentor and lecturer to help us and he I would say he has helped all three of us in our jobs and in our studies as well like we still and we still meet home with him regularly Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just saw him this morning (laughs) oh really oh yeah yeah yeah, for the talk yeah so I just saw him this morning so like it's nice to sort of have someone to help you, someone in the industry to help you. Don't be afraid to ask. Just be proactive, yeah. look out for jobs, email your potential hirers, and go out and grab some opportunities for yourself. You never know. I have to say, right, like, because I'm, I'm in the process of, like, applying for jobs. And to be honest, I'll, I'll be honest, like, on Job Street itself, I've already sent, like, 45 applications. To just get a job and I did not hear from any so uh, like only like one got to me but that was also because of my connection like they were like oh uh you know this person right and I was like yeah so so it went on and it still went on today and yeah it's I would not say it's easy like to be honest to be frank it's not gonna be easy especially for our industry I'm not sure about the others not sure about financing and banking um but yeah it, it's not gonna be easy and you just have to be always just keep trying you know like do, don't give up so just now i think we touched on one point we don't be afraid to ask right but if you want to ask people you need to have like some network networking you know you have like some friends uh, tell you that or maybe they're already in the company and then when you're looking for a job you can ask them like, um, oh, is your company hiring? Things like that. Having friends and like mentors to help you is really important. I think for a student, if you're just a student, try and go to as many conferences or any, uh, like, okay, for example, in Malaysia, we have the biggest one would be architects and datum. Mm-hmm. Even if you can't afford like the proper datum, there's always like datum green and datum plus which is like smaller and lesser yeah, and cheaper, much cheaper. If you can't, what all three of us did actually, we, we actually <laughs> volunteered. <laughs> yeah, we, actually, yeah, we did. Yeah, so we volunteered to be like helpers during Datum. So we we did spend more time to in the event to like, you know, push cards and move, move books, remember? I think it took us like two weeks. 
weeks to like work on yeah. datum itself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you do more, but at least the organizers knew that okay, we were there to you know maybe get close. So they actually allowed us while those teachers were going on, we could sit in because there weren't any people outside. So do stuff like that, you know, get opportunities, get chances, and just join as many conferences as possible. You never know who you might meet. You never know who might uh, see you and then be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And yeah, just get yourself out there. Heck, we even made some new friends from from uh, the architecture festival itself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like Connections. We, we went to their wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did not go because uh, I think that time I, I had some other appointment. I think you had a haircut. Or something like that. I, I don't know. Oh, I had my tattoo appointment. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but um, other than that, we can still join like events or talks. I think uh, Pam organizes a lot of uh, talks. Pam is like our architectural association of Malaysia. Pertubuhan Architect Malaysia. Right. Yeah. Now I represent them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. So they do organize a lot of talks, and um, they, sometimes they have free yeah. talks. You just have to look out for them. And if you have friends yeah, in this morning. UM, you can hmm. also um, sometimes they organize like some sessions, discussion sessions. So you can join and go in and make some friends. We need to stay connected because it's a really small world in the architecture community, especially in Malaysia. Yeah. Everyone knows everyone. So yeah, make some make some friends. And through that, it might give you some opportunities. In fact, I think most of us have opportunities from other people. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. really important to network. I was going to say, you don't live your own bubble. You live yep. in a community. You need a community so to survive. More so in architecture. La. Definitely. Yeah. I think another one is definitely going to <clears throat> um, participate. Like let's say you are in your final year and your uni, your class, I guess, or your lecturer wants to have a final year exhibition. Definitely try to make it work because mm. I know a lot of uni exhibition they were in like they put up their works on uh for to exhibit their works their final project and then at the same time they were also put in their portfolio and their calling card uh basically mm. for any lecturers or any outsiders come and look at their work and like very impressed at their work they will give this um candidate a call and be like oh hey i've seen your work would you be interested in working so Definitely exhibition helps if your uni act, uh, ever has one. I don't think we had. No, we did not. We, we only exhibit in our own uh, gallery, but that was about it. But I, I remember someone in, like during our final creed, someone was offered, was it you, Scarlett? Yeah, I, I was actually offered a job, an internship position for during my final creed. So what happened was that we've already applied for our internships. So I already got an uh, internship job. But during my final crit, one of the external critics, he looked at my designs, he critiqued my designs, he really liked it. And he immediately offered me a spot there, then and there. But uh, I've already had a job with a famous architect in Malaysia. So, you know, I can't just turn him down like that. 
but I really appreciated their offer. You know, I still had his card. Uh, I still know him. Still like sometimes talk to him. So never like just shy away or after your final quit just like disappear. Like do stay and talk to people. Right. Yeah. That's yep. when the most um external people will come. It's like someone from outside your university. That's when you have yeah. an opportunity to talk to them. That's probably the only opportunity. <laughs> I think that's more you can have like talks and stuff. But but that's like um, yeah, true. That's like a guaranteed thing because um you do need like external yep. crits in order to approve your course. Well, in terms of networking, I think we'll talk about this in a dedicated episode later on. Right. Uh, we are in the midst of preparing that, so stay tuned. Stay tuned yep. for the next episode. <laughs> I mean, for the coming episodes, all the episodes. What else can we do to increase your chances of getting a job? Uh, make yourself be known. Um, yeah. Okay. Another way of, you know, like we're living in a digital age, right? So having your online portfolio. That helps, and by showing it in your social medias and stuff like that, just make yourself be known out there, and definitely having your LinkedIn profile. We just create. Oh gosh! In it. Oh gosh! Such a cringy thing to do, but yeah, it, it. I mean, it does help. Like people actually look through my profile. You can you can see there's like yeah. analytics, like who. Look through your profile, and I have someone like developer, some some architects, uh, which is yeah quite interesting to me. So yeah, set up like your digital presence, you know, like post, curate your social media feed, right? Cause you never know who will stalk you. It could be your potential employer. That's true. Cause people always say like, oh, your potential employer will like stalk your Facebook, but. Come on, like who 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 is really active on Facebook these days? So LinkedIn is some sort of like Facebook, but for like the work industry. And don't be afraid that just because you're a student, uh, doesn't mean that you you're not relevant in LinkedIn. Because I know a lot of students like they will put up like their achievements, like oh, I'm the president of this club and blah blah blah. So those kind of thing that will potentially help you in the future as well. So set up that kind of, I would say like your digital resume-ish on LinkedIn. And like what we did, like me and Sam, because we are working, so we have given each other <laughs> recommendations to make it look legit. <laughs> <laughs> and we always post things, share comments, and yeah, just make yourself like, you know, active in sort of like the working industry. I, can I just say, can I just say, okay, for all of our friends here, I am the, I've never ever heard someone so dedicated to LinkedIn as my two <laughs> friends here. We're not I dedicated have... though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let me just, let me just say, I have never heard someone talk about LinkedIn so much until I... Until I did this with these two guys. <laughs> I it's literally, literally no one in my office does LinkedIn, okay? Like, I have never heard of anyone that said LinkedIn in my two years of working. <laughs> Until these two guys Wait, came okay, in. Let, let me just say something, right? I know a lot of, like, small architecture firms 
or medium-sized architecture firms, they don't really, they don't really have LinkedIn. Like, um, they might have mm. like a social media presence, maybe Instagram, or uh, probably somewhere else, or Facebook. Facebook, yeah, Facebook is the one. But for let's say you want to go into developer firms or any big uh, architecture firms, that would they would have LinkedIn, and yeah, it. Some sometimes I think it helps, not all the time, but yeah, it definitely uh, gives another side of you to be heard. Another, it's another opportunity, right. lah. Look, I'm not, I'm not bashing on LinkedIn. I'm just personally, <laughs> personally, I don't, I've never used LinkedIn to get a job. Uh, but I do see the potential in it. Now that my two friends here have taught me the importance of LinkedIn, I did, I did actually go on LinkedIn a bit more now. <laughs> <laughs> I do too, I do I too. Think th- Just to like, you know, give an update being like, oh, hey, I'm still here, you know? I know, I know sometimes the I content think- can be a bit cringy, but like, you know, just, just do you be you, you know? <laughs> I think, I think that what Sam said is true. Like, smaller firm, it depends on where you want to go. If the firm doesn't use LinkedIn, you're probably not, you, you probably, you probably won't get a job through LinkedIn. Lah, if the firm that you're wanting to go is not there. But if you're looking at like a multinational company, like a big firm who does like international jobs, then probably yeah, a LinkedIn is super useful. Definitely. Like one of our ex-colleagues, um, he was just using LinkedIn to look for a job and he got an offer from a very big company and he's working there now. I'm not sure if he's happy or not, but he got a job. So <laughs> just that. Right. Oh, okay. Let's just let's just stop LinkedIn so that people don't think we're obsessed with LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not an we're, ad, this, by the way. Not, this is not, not an ad. It's not sponsored. Not sponsored by LinkedIn, anyways. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Start with LinkedIn. Okay. Um, I know for a fact that a lot of um courses, university courses, they actually need us to complete an internship to uh graduate the course so yeah so scarlett you want to tell us anything about that since you work with a famous architect during my internship i worked at ken young so i did work under under him literally under him because like his office was like higher than mine (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) okay (laughs) okay but uh, during my internship, there was a lot of uh, design mostly. Because for interns, like you probably won't. I mean, you're probably gonna do either drafting, photoshopping, like, those kind of things that architects don't want to do. But I did learn a lot in terms of like design-wise and master planning, especially. It depends on what you want. Uh, in the internship because for me I felt that uh, I would like to go to a bigger firm during my internship just to see like, what the big firm culture is like then maybe when I was working I would go to a smaller or medium-sized firm that was my that was my idea so once I finished my internship the Ken Yang did offer me 
a position as an assistant architect in his firm. But I had already decided to go to another firm. So yeah, that was my experience in my internship. I think this is a given. I think most of the courses in Malaysia will need you to go through internship. Um, yep. This could be a good opportunity as well because your internship firm might hire you and even sponsor you. We had a friend. Uh, he was being sponsored by the principal to finish his degree when he mm. um, joined the internship in Diploma. So... Mm. Yeah, so it's definitely a good opportunity if you like your internship company and the benefits are good, um, you still get to learn a lot of stuff. I think it's a really viable uh, path to take. I do have one advice for uh, interns or students who are going for internships. Do whatever you can in the company. Don't just be like, Oh, I, I'm an intern, I don't know anything, so like, give me... Okay, I make mistakes and then don't own up to the mistakes. Personally, now that I'm working, I'm, we, I'm working in quite a... I mean, it's a famous firm, but it's a small firm. Our boss is always constantly on the lookout for like potential hires, especially from our intern pool. So, our bosses will always ask us what we think of interns. Yeah. So they'll ask us like whether their work performance is good. Since we are the ones that's working closer with the interns. There was this one intern, he had a very bad attitude. Like he didn't want to uh, learn. He was a bit slow and he made a lot of mistakes. And he... he, he we asked him to stay back for a little bit to finish up the work and he made a mess of it and then it created a lot more problems for us. So in the end, it was just a pretty bad experience with him and we... Yeah, it was pretty terrible. La. I won't say what happened to him, uh, but it wasn't good. Uh, and then my boss found out about it and yeah, it wasn't good overall. So It wasn't pretty. It's... Yeah, it wasn't pretty and it kind of tainted the impression of his school and future intern potentials. Right. So my advice to students or interns is that... You're representing your school. Yes, you're representing your school no matter how much you hate your school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys say this. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely understand. But there's, there's a yeah, note so, to like potential hires, right, for, for interns. Um, I think that there could be some stereotype of um, who is from which school maybe has a bad impression. But there's a biasness. There's a biasness, definitely, because um, you might have a bad experience with someone from this school. But uh, do evaluate the, the interns coming in because probably not everyone would be the same. I, I get what you mean. For hirers, definitely, they are not going to be like, oh my god, this one student was bad, the whole batch is bad. Mm. Definitely, uh, they won't be like that. But I'm just telling to most interns, or coming interns, is that remember you're representing your school, and you're representing yourself as well. So make sure that 
you do whatever you can, learn whatever you can. Because as an intern, you really do just like brush up on your skills before you join as a part one. I think for interns, um, you do have to be proactive in yep. asking for work when you don't have a work. Uh, if you don't know, and most of the time you won't, <laughs> just don't be afraid mm. to ask your seniors because yep. it might just lessen problems for them when you are not clear about something. Just just be yeah. proactive. Yeah. It's one thing to be proactive and slow and it's another thing to be just ignorant. If you don't if you really don't know anything, just ask. Like no one's gonna penalize you for not knowing because you're an intern. Like everyone understands. I've been through it. My intern was also I was also ignorant. I mean not ignorant. I really don't know a lot of things. But just yeah. be proactive, ask around, and then you might get opportunities to be on some projects even. So like yep. just just be proactive. What we've been saying, just be proactive and be out there. Okay, let's let's just talk about internship in another episode. I think this this <laughs> is like setting up a lot of future episodes. Yeah. Okay. So let's just say you couldn't find a job at the moment. What can you do, right? Uh, so my my advice towards uh, if in the meantime you couldn't find a job, just uh, get to learn something in the meantime. I know that um, times are quite hard uh, in this pandemic times, but I think you could actually level up yourself by learning new skills, or you can do like coding. Just just get yourself more skills that you can sell to your future um, employers? Um, okay, so other than, you know, leveling up your skills, um, definitely in the meantime, you can always do freelance job or perhaps creating like, you know, work together with your friends. And I mean, we, we can talk about freelancing in like, in the coming episodes. Foreshadowing. Actually. So, <laughs> foreshadowing. <laughs> but, the the bottom line is yeah try to find a freelance job and i know it's not easy i understand that but if you have connections if you have people friends or even your aunties and uncles who just want to do simple drawings you can actually charge uh things like even you do graphic design in fact like a logo design it it, it may not be much but you know it's an experience and it's also like it's a learning experience in terms of how you deal with your clients, how you want to charge, what is the payment is like. You get to have an idea of what a mini entrepreneurship is like. So those are the things that um, will help you also. Maybe not in architecture per se, but let's say you want to deviate into something else. That kind of small business mindset is going to help you in the long run. Because this is just like, one tenth of like what is out there so definitely try your best and we'll get into freelancing episodes we'll get in more in depth on how to get a freelance job not how but like according to our experiences so yeah like what lam said we're gonna jump into freelancing in a future episode but for the final question what have you learned from your previous jobs, like previous companies, 
because I know that um, for each company I went, I actually learned something new in terms of management or in terms of like life lessons, things like that. Hmm. Funny thing, you're asking the same thing the interviewer asked this wow. morning. But <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so based on my experiences, uh, I learned a lot of communicating with your peers, your clients, and your contractors, your consultants. Uh, communication is definitely key in the construction industry, especially when there is a transfer of information from one to the other. So that's very important. And apart from that, definitely throughout my freelancing period, uh, which was last year, uh, majority of last year actually, was to, uh, I would say entrepreneurship. Basically, how to make business, how to deal with financials, um, what are the proper ways. Because uh, my company is legally registered with the government. So there is a lot of paperwork to be done. So there's that, like, I, I never knew because you, although my parents are business owners, but it's more towards sole proprietary, but my company is more towards, um, what is it called? Uh? Private limited. Right. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So it's a private limited company. Um, so there is a lot of, uh, you need to deal with, you know, like company secretary and stuff like that. Mm. So there's a lot of legal documents to go through and I, I'm still going through it now, even. I have to close my auditing account. So a lot of accounting <laughs> jobs that I have to learn, a accounting terms, I think uh, those are like the main ones. Apart from that, also interior design um, specifications, little, little details that help me for my future employer. Like, I'm applying for a job that's involved with a little bit of interior design. So that actually helped me in my test, which I passed, by the way. So, yeah. Nice. Congrats. Yay. Okay, what about what about Scarlett? Like, what, what have you learned from your previous company? The biggest lesson I learned is that self-learning is really important. Right. Because you can't expect your bosses or your seniors to teach you everything. So you need to be proactive to learn a lot of technical stuff by yourself. So for example, like details, you pro we probably don't learn it that much when we're in degree. Right. But there's a lot of details, like a lot of joining details, like steel details that I'm just learning. And there's a lot of things that go into construction. So self-learning, uh, it's very important. So like what we've already, like what Lam said just now actually, like architects are the doctors of buildings. Doctors keep improving and learn. Uh, that's why as architects we have CPD points. Uh, I can't, I can't remember what CPD stands for already, but basically the gist of it is that each architect must earn a certain amount of points in order that, in order they can continue to practice. Always, if architects can do that, why not us as students? So continue to learn by yourself, continue to evolve, brush up your skills, and then just read, uh, read a lot more books and magazines and publications. I, I think, I think this is a very uh, important skill. Like we, we have a Chinese proverb that says like, 
you study, you learn until you die, basically. Mm. I think this is like a vital skill for for just anyone out there, not just applied to architects, but but we as architects, we definitely most definitely need to have this skill to self learn. Yep. My takeaway from my previous company uh, is that you should always know your worth, always know your worth in a company and what you can, what you can contribute to the company. Because I think this is important in the sense that once you know your worth, you know what you can contribute, not only you have value to the company, because if you don't have any value to the company, why would the company want to hire you? And and also your self-value. If the company don't value you, why should you value the company? So... (laughs) So it goes back both ways. You should always know what your capabilities are. Um, you should know if a company is shortchanging you. Be aware of the current market trends because back then, um, a lot of us might not know um, how much we're being paid and just blindly go into a job and then get underpaid shortchange after that. And that won't be nice in the long run. So, yeah, be aware, know your worth. Let's talk about internships in like an entire episode itself. Yeah. So I guess that covers it all. And thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're looking for a job, I hope you get your dream job. And good luck if you're going for interviews. Um, and on that note, thank you for listening. And we will, we will catch you in the next episode. So... Bye-bye.